The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good morning, football fans. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Isaac Signs with you on this Tuesday, January 10th, and we are getting ready for a wild card round of the NFL playoffs. JJ, I'm fired up. I know you are as well. To be back on the podcast, getting ready to preview some of these matchups. First things first, JJ, how are you doing on this Tuesday morning? Man, I'm doing lovely, lovely, man. This playoffs is in the air. I'm feeling good. I had a nice, decent week last week, but I'm excited about these upcoming games this week. It's a blessing to be up and moving and, and all is well, man. How about your way? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like an Olympic champion after finally feeling better 100% this morning, feeling energy. I was under the weather for the last week and a half or so, but I'm excited to be back on the podcast, JJ, and there's a lot to get into, man. And so briefly... Week 18, my prediction tally 11 and 5, and now I did actually spend time tallying my total record for the entire season. Now, of course, <laughs> JJ and I, we did have a bye week in week 17 because that fell on Christmas and New Year's, so we didn't have a podcast show there. But with our bye week, my total, JJ, 153 wins. 88 losses and two ties. Yeah. So what kind of feedback can you give me there, JJ? You're gonna you're gonna build hey. me up. You're gonna tear yeah, me I, down. I, I got, hey man, let me tell you something. That that is a hell of a record. That record there is pretty strong with the season that we, we've been having this year with a lot of ups and downs, curves, and different people not kind of being um, not the same year that we kind of knew for some of the veteran guys and veteran quarterbacks. So my hats off to you, man. You've been you've been on point, if not close, at least. Um, at least in the less than seven uh, deficiency area with that area, man. So my hat's off to you, man. You did a hell of a job this season. Not only did you dissect a lot of different things offensively, defensively, but you also did some dissecting and, and, and the head coaching and the philosophies as well. So my hat's off to you, man. Hell of a year. I'm going to go back as well to chart mine. So when I come back next week, I'm going to make sure I get the same praise too because I think I did pretty good for my first season actually send down and talented up wins and losses. So, but all my, but all credit due to you, man. Hell of a season this year, and uh, way to go, brother. I appreciate that, man. Well, our listeners have certainly enjoyed the podcast this season, and I just want to let all those listening soon, if not in the imminent future, maybe years down the road. You know, JJ and I may find ourselves in an NFL organization working yes. in the scouting department. You never know. Anybody listening into our matchup predictions and breaking down tendencies. I mean, we're having a good time on this show, man. And, and I know sky's the limit. And it certainly has been fun every single Tuesday discussing these matchups, these teams, these scenarios, setbacks, positives with you. And you certainly have done a great job providing that player angle. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of good feedback, man. And so now we get to dive in 
to the playoffs. It is the dance. As they say, March Madness, JJ. It is January Madness for NFL fans. And here we go. So we did have some news and headlines. You always got to touch on that before we get into the playoff matchups. But how about this, JJ? The Bears secured the number one overall pick of the 2023 NFL Draft. They did lose to the Vikings, so they did their part. You and I chose the Texans to upset the Colts. Yes, sir. And that's exactly what happened. 32-31, Lovey rolling the dice, getting the win for the Houston Texans, moving them to 313-1 on the season, bumping them down to pick number two. Bears get number one with a 3-14 record. That was really fascinating, JJ, watching that unfold. Chicago now, they are in a prime position. Ryan Poles, a new GM. You have the number one overall pick. You have your quarterback of the future in Justin Fields. You're going to have a lot of cap space. Now they can stand pat and draft the best player available, or they can trade it to a quarterback-needy team for a haul of premium picks. So the Bears fans are absolutely elated. Yeah. As they should be, man. I think the GM, we didn't understand what he was doing at first. I know it sucks to kind of go through a season like this where uh, you you don't actually try to go out and lose. But unfortunately, we know the game that we face and play. When you come out, you have to bring your A game every time you step out here in the field. So it's a lot of bright bright future and uh, for Chicago Bears fans and also the organization as well, especially with with Justin Fields on the center, he does a lot of great things, and I think his sky is still the limit on some things that he brings. I think all we need to do now is just make sure we protect him, which is by putting a good line in front of him and put some key receiver additions to help him um, get down the field, not only with his legs, but also with his arm. Now, for the Texans, things didn't go as glamorous because Sunday night, GM Nick Casario, the general manager for the Texans, and Cal McNair, they fired Lovey Smith after one season, JJ, 313-1. The Texans had now fired head coaches in back-to-back years. It was David Culley last year. Now it's Lovey Smith this year. JJ, I just find it hard, man. How is the next head coach going to view this job knowing that the two previous coaches were one and done? And let's be honest. What were the real expectations for the Texans this year considering the yeah. roster they gave Lovey Smith? I don't think it was fair. Now, I will say this. At least they gave Lovey a five-year deal. He's going to get paid $3, 4000000 million a year. So he's set up financially in terms of football, X's and O's, and having Lovey Smith canning him after one year when you didn't give him a roster that was really competent enough to contend yeah. in the division – I just don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I feel some type of way, too, and I think it's something that needs to be acknowledged. Uh, they put these good coaches sometimes, you know, um, just sadly to say, um, I'm not a guy that kind of look at black and white, but I do start to look at some tendencies and things, and I think Levy Smith and African-American coaches does face a lot of different hardships, more so than other coaches and staff, but that's neither here or there to say anything in a sense of that way. I just feel like you have to just bring that to attendance because one year is hard to overturn anything. It's the same thing, same thing with Matt Everflus in Chicago. Uh, but I definitely think what you say, the odds, I think Texas Houston Texans didn't know which direction they was going. I think they were just trying to get out of the madness with Deshaun Watson and let that blow over and see what they had and hopefully bring in a coach that had a good history and a good record and a great defensive mindset because they did have a great defensive core, 
But offensively, they had nothing at all to kind of lean their hat on outside of Damian Pierce, who I picked to be a, uh, one of my rookies MVP of the years, which he had ahead of the year. But just to give a coach that was coming into um, a new team and a whole new system and put a whole new culture, it takes more than one year to build that up. And unfortunately for Lovey, he, you know, I guess he didn't read the criteria that they had, but he, that, that's, that takes nothing away from Lovey Smith himself. But it just goes to show that we need to start putting the highlights to different things when we put coaches in these circumstances um, that we have to be patient with them in the process. Well, perhaps the Bears will welcome back Lovey Smith with welcome arms. Maybe you add him to the defensive staff after helping the Bears get that number one overall pick. That would be kind of a cool story to monitor. But one more nugget of news before we get into our wild card matchup previews. The Cardinals, JJ, another franchise that have decided to pull the plug on their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And I've been very adamant, JJ, ever since the hiring was made. How do you get fired in college at Texas Tech and then you get promoted to become an NFL head coach? That never made sense to me in my mind. I know they brought him on to pair with Kyler Murray, drafting him number one overall, and they had these visions of success with this high-octane offense and Cliff Kingsbury having that tie, the connection. He recruited Kyler Murray in college. Several years down the road, it didn't work out. Kingsbury posted a 28-37-1 record in four seasons at the helm in Arizona. Their GM, Steve Keim, has also stepped down from his position to focus on his health. So it's a clean slate in the desert, JJ. Now, it is an intriguing job because there is some talent there in Arizona. Hopkins, Kyler Murray, you don't know what you're going to get from him, but you know he has potential defensively Isaiah Simmons Buddha Baker and so if you're a coach that is an intriguing opening there what are your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury exiting the Arizona Cardinals yeah I, I think things was kind of on the uh, written on the wall from the beginning of the season due to the fact that I know we had some things in this clause from him not studying tape and doing different things and, and nothing to take away from the GMs and every sort, but they're not the ones that kind of relay that message I think they actually had to come from the inside source or not the coach himself um, saying things as in, hey, you know, he's not studying this film and studying things like that. And, and, and that is, that's a tough ship to kind of go off of because as a quarterback when and, and playing in this system, I have to have belief in you and you have to have belief in me. And to start off the season like that uh, with the kind of with a, a mishap early on, it's kind of hard to, hey, can I trust you uh, to have my back in certain situations? I just think things was just an uphill battle from the beginning up there in Arizona. But nothing to take away from Cliff because he did a great job of turning that organization around and also putting Kyler Murray, helping Kyler Murray to evolve into one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So I feel like he will be okay. Uh, I don't know if he'll be get a job right now, but uh, we should see his name come up here shortly with a new coaching job somewhere shortly, sooner than later. Well, I'd imagine it should be at the college level, maybe offensive coordinator in the NFL, J.J., but I'm sorry, I just don't think he deserves another NFL head coaching job. There's a lot of other candidates that are deserving, but we'll see how that goes with Cliff Kingsbury. But here we go. Wild card playoff schedule. Now, a reminder, team, with that first round by number one seeds in the AFC, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. In the NFC, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Our slate begins on Saturday, Super Wild Card Weekend. It is the number seven seed, Seattle Seahawks, at the number two seed, San Francisco 49ers. So another NFC West battle, JJ. Both of these teams have played each other twice already this year. 
But what a story for Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the general manager, a team that was not expected to contend for a playoff spot, trading Russell Wilson, getting a plethora of picks. Of course, Noah Fant building up their roster in the future years. They got Drew Locke as well. Nobody in their right mind expected Seattle to get into the playoffs. And thanks to their win over the Rams and the Lions taking care of business at Lambeau Field on Sunday night, the Seattle Seahawks are in the dance. And now they have a tough task going to play a 49ers team that has won 10 consecutive games. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I, I did a lot of homework and research, man. I had to even ask my wife kind of, you know, her thoughts and, and uh, her picks in this game uh, because it's easily to kind of go with the guy that's hot right now, which is the 49ers, and, and Brock is doing a great job. He, he's, in, he's in the field of making some history uh, to join the championship fraternity of backup quarterbacks and in the in sort, but it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, man. Seattle, they have nothing to lose here, so they can draw – all eggs on the table. They're expected to kind of be the underdogs walking in here. I'm going to go with Seattle, man. Seattle is going to find a way. It's going to be a hell of an uphill battle. They're going to have to play good on offense, defense, and special teams as well. Uh, we don't know how Brock Purdy is going to do. He did a great job in the last four to five, six games that he's actually played. Uh, but the playoffs is different. And um, unfortunately, I feel like um, Geno Smith might have an upper edge on that sense of him being a veteran quarterback that has nothing to actually – to lose in this sense because he's beat the odds from the day he stepped in the door to now and to actually be in the playoffs is just a hats off that team and that head coach and the belief system that they have and the culture they built. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to jump off early and I'm going to go with upset and I'm going to go with Seattle Seahawks. Like I say, I don't feel like, I feel like it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. So I'm going to go with Seattle Seahawks here. JJ is not playing around, man. You came with fireworks, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's only right. So, and I'm not just saying that off with just, just, just say three times in a row. I've, I've done some homework. And I feel like the precision of Geno Smith, the run defense, has been a concern since Jordan Brooks has been out. And up front as well, they've taken some injury blows. But I feel like we can keep it keep it small, keep it tight to the close to the end. I feel like the lights might just get a little too bright for Brock. But I like Seattle and what they do and just playing with nothing to lose. Um, it's hard to beat a team that has nothing to lose. Well, I like that you're going with Seattle. And you know what? When you have a team that is playing with house money, they're always dangerous. And so the Seattle Seahawks, they know nobody expected them to be there. They can play with no pressure. Geno Smith set the all-time season record for the Seahawks in pass yards. So you know he's cashing out his money. He got incentives. I think $3.5 million. He earned all of them this year. So again, Geno Smith, fantastic year. But Lee Corso says it the best, not so fast. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Niners, JJ. You know, as much as it's fun to go with Seattle, and I think it would be awesome to see them pull off the upset, I just can't see it happening right now. The Niners, the hottest team in football, 10-game win streak. Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, is playing mm -hmm. exceptionally well, throwing at least two touchdowns in six consecutive games. In five unbeaten starts this season, Mr. Irrelevant, 
1,374 pass yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, 67-1 completion percentage, one rushing touchdown to go along with that, J.J. Then defensively, Demeco Ryans has his unit continuing to play an aggressive style of football. Now, they did have a slip-up in Week 17 when they were not on their A game against the Vegas Raiders and Jarrett Stidham, but they bounced back with a nice performance to close out the regular season against the Arizona Cardinals. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, George Kittle, they are the focal point of this Kyle Shanahan offense, JJ. And Brock Purdy, Mm -hmm. you know, he just distributes the ball. He's the point guard. He doesn't have to do too much. And so for those reasons, I like San Francisco just to overwhelm Seattle a little bit too much. 30-17, give me the San Francisco 49ers. But I do expect Seattle to keep it relatively close because this is a team that is a feisty unit. They have a lot of grit. Pete Carroll is not going to lay down. Should be a good one to start off wild card weekend, but I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers by 13. Now, we get to the nightcap, JJ, and this one is going to be a dandy. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, the five-seed Los Angeles Chargers taking the road to Duval County to take on the Jaguars, who are the four-seed. They beat the Tennessee Titans in a really entertaining game on Saturday night to win the AFC South. Now, JJ, if you remember, these two teams met in L.A. in week three where the Jaguars absolutely dismantled the Chargers in a 38-10 blowout. Now, they meet again. The Jaguars have won six out of their last seven, five games in a row to close out the regular season. In that stretch, Lawrence has a few outings with 300-plus yards, three or more touchdown throws. So it really hasn't been Trevor Lawrence that's been driving it. But he's been efficient. It's been Travis Etienne. He's had a couple Mm -hmm. of 100-yard games on the ground. And then the defense, J.J., they've held the last three opponents to an average of 7.3 points. So you know that the Jaguars, Doug Peterson, they're rolling in hot. The Chargers, meanwhile, they're playing some good football, surging with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, who was banged up. We'll see what his status is. He's expected to play. But I'll go ahead and give you my pick, JJ, before turning it over to you. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Oh, wow. This was a very tough game. I think it's like splitting hairs between these two teams. 27-24. I like the Jaguars. Here's why. This defense led by Josh Allen, Trevon Walker, Arden Key, getting after opposing quarterbacks, Roy Robertson-Harris, Rayshon Jenkins forcing turnovers, another big play against Tennessee. That defense is hungry, J.J., and I expect them to put forth a dominant performance. They're going to get after Justin Herbert. They're going to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. They're going to look to slow down Austin Eckler, and then a big dose of Travis Etienne on the ground. This is an L.A. Chargers defense that ranks 27th in the NFL giving up the most yards per carry at 5.4 so Travis Etienne is gonna be a pivotal part of this Jacksonville game plan look for Christian Kirk to also have a big day give me the Jaguars here JJ by three yeah um Duval man um they're a team that 
I spoke highly of in the, in the first beginning and, I, you know, midway through the season, I kind of had my doubts and uncertainties with them due to the fact that it was kind of a roller coaster team. But over the last stretch of the four or five games, they have done some great things, even though they haven't really played against the quality of players uh, or teams that was up to par, I think less than 500, the last three teams they are played. But, uh, but Trevor Lawrence, my hat's off to him. I want to take this time to give him. He's playing like a top five quarterback. He's second in the NFL in completions at 69.7%. He's spreading the ball around, like you say, uh, kind of a Steve Nash is, you know, he's he's doing what he has to do, no more, no less. And, and he can hurt you, man. He's a guy that can um, hurt you outside of the pocket and his, with his poise, his accuracy, and then also with his ability to extend plays. So, and I think Chargers right now are too. They're a team that's getting help at the right time. They're getting Joy, Joy Boys about, Boy Boza back, um, Derwin James Jr., Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And now Austin Eckler, he leads the NFL in touchdowns right now. The only thing that concerns me with the Chargers is their red, red zone scoring. They haven't been very efficient in scoring in the red zone. Uh, that's going to be crucial going on the way game into a hostile environment to Jacksonville. Jacksonville um, bleeds on your mistakes. And I think Trevor Lawrence is doing a good job of minimizing those mistakes. And um, I had the Chargers. Going into it, but I think um, Jacksonville Jaguars, I think Duval is destined for a playoff win. I think they're able to pull it off here. I like what the Chargers can do. It's just the uncertainty of Mike Williams playing. I don't see anybody outside of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to really threaten the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary and linebacker core. And for those reasons, I'm going to go Duval as well. Man. Give me Duval, pull it off in the close one, 21 to 20, um, and, 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 and the four quarters to play. So perhaps I helped flip your mind, JJ, to Duval <laughs> County, man. They're a dangerous bunch. And Dougie P, man, you know he's capable of making the Super Bowl run. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's shown it over multiple occasions, even with a backup quarterback. He's done it with Nick Foles. And I like what he does. He's a, he's a coach and, a, and, a, and a, a quarterback-friendly guy that know how to make to get the best out of their quarterbacks, especially in the playoffs. So I like Jack Bell and what they present. Um, I expect them to get this win. All right, let's get into Sunday's games, JJ. Noon. Game. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Game. 
Dolphins, seven seed at the Bills, number two. The Bills and the Dolphins, they're going to square off for a third time this campaign. They're going to break the 1-1 season series tie. This time it'll be in a playoff setting. The Bills, JJ, honestly, they do have a clear edge in this matchup, especially with Tua Tungavailoa. He's still in concussion protocol. Head coach Mike McDaniel says he really doesn't have an update about Tua. He still hasn't been cleared for any football activities. He's missed the last two games. Um, in his place, they've been rolling out Skylar Thompson, who's a seventh rounder who started on Sunday. They've also had Teddy Bridgewater, but he was not starting against the Jets because of a dislocated right pinky finger. So that does concern me a lot. Even if Tua is clear, JJ, which I don't know if that's the smartest idea. The yeah. Buffalo Bills, they're firing on another level right now. The DeMar Hamlin stuff, they had all that emotion on Sunday. You know that they're playing with a new meaning now, which makes them even more dangerous. They're going to be at home at Orchard Park. You know those fans are crazy. They're breaking tables, jumping off <laughs> cars and trucks into tables. I mean, you know the environment is going to be rocking. And so really for me, this was one of the easier playoff matchups for me to pick, JJ. The Buffalo Bills, I have them winning rather comfortably 34-23 by 11. It could be by more if it is indeed Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater starting. And this is under the circumstance that Tua Tungavailoa is unavailable. But the Bills just scored 35 points against the Patriots. Fifth-ranked scoring defense. They got the number two spot in the AFC. How about Naheem Hines? He yeah. really emerged on Sunday. Two returns for a touchdown, and he certainly has given them another dynamic weapon. Josh Allen threw for three touchdowns. Buffalo's defense registered three takeaways. I mean, they put on a clinic just peaking at the right time, J.J., as we get into yeah. the postseason. So as long as they avoid costly turnovers, Josh Allen sometimes can be errant with throws in the red zone, but as long as they can also stick to that run game with Devin Singletary and James Cook, I expect the Buffalo Bills to take care of business. Yeah, uh, I, I like what Buffalo Bills have been doing over the last few weeks. Um, I think the emotions are very high and still going to be high for, uh, for DeMar. And it's, it's great news to see him up and moving and, and doing some great things as well. Uh, that took a load out of me this uh, load off of me this week. So I'm so glad to see that as well. And I think, you know, Miami Dolphins, you know, Tua is not playing. I think Tua is the best player to give them an opportunity to win. They do have one of the two most explosive wide receivers in the game, Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle. Uh, but their their defense and their special team has been a no-show over the last few weeks. And that's a reason for concern going into a Buffalo team who's um, right now who's hot and he can hit you from offense, defense, and special team. Shout out to Naheem Hines, man. He's done a great job. I played with him in Indianapolis, Colts. He's a great teammate and one of the hardest workers that I've known. So my hat's off to him. And if the Buffalo Bills can do a good job of matching their speed vertically and horizontally, and the reason I, I say horizontally when it comes to the Miami Dolphins because they do a lot of things and motioning their receivers and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and getting the defense out of whack within a few seconds and snapping the ball, and then next thing you know they're up on your heels and causes you to panic. And then as a defensive back, you never want to panic um, when you're when you're when you're trying to make adjustments and get into the right defense and the right call before the ball is snapped. And if, um, if for all those reasons, man, I like the Buffalo Bills to kind of take care of business. Uh, Josh Allen, he's playing one of 
when he's playing his best, he's harder than ones to stop. Uh, special teams, they're doing good. And I think their slot receiver is going to be a key this week. Isaiah McKenzie, his play is going to be huge. Eventually down the road, I think they're going to work Cole Beasley back in. So that gives them, give them another weapon outside of Stephon Diggs. And the pass rush, Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson, and Jordan Phillips is going to be a key to get after the quarterback, whoever's on the center uh, for the Miami Dolphins. But I like the Buffalo Bills to take care of business here up at Bills Mafia. The afternoon slotted game, and this one, I believe, is going to be a barn burner. JJ, the Giants, a sixth seed at the number three seed, Minnesota Vikings, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. The Vikings needed another edition of the Minneapolis Miracle to knock off the Giants 27-24 back in week 16. They had a 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph to knock off the New York Giants. Despite a 13-4 record and an NFC North title, JJ, the Vikings they do look a little unstable entering the playoffs. Last week, they went down in NFL history as the first 12-win team with a negative point differential. We know they got their butts spanked by the Packers at Lambeau. They finished off the season with a win at Chicago on Sunday, but they haven't been a team where you look at week in and week out, JJ, that you know they're going to put forth a valiant effort and they're going to win games that they should you know they've been very inconsistent one week their losses they've been bad I mean the Cowboys went into Minnesota and beat the brakes off of them and Kirk Cousins and those losses has just been ugly they haven't been able to get anything going the New York Giants when they lost that game with the 61 yard field goal you know Brian DeBall told his team don't worry we'll get a second chance at Minnesota in the playoffs and sure enough, here we go, and I'm yeah. rolling with the G-Men. I like <laughs> this team. I know they're a division rival, right? But Daniel Jones has completed at least 71% of his passes in his last two starts. Saquon Barkley, we know what he's capable of doing. And this is a Minnesota defense that has allowed an average of 139 yards over the last six weeks. Now, Minnesota, they're going to be without their starting right tackle. Brian O'Neill, they placed on injured reserve. Kayvon Thibodeau is coming to his own. Aziz Ojalari mm-hmm. should be back. And this is a giant secondary that will now have their starting safety and their play caller. Xavier McKinney now is back. Yep. They should be getting a Dory Jackson, their number one corner, back from injury due to a knee injury. He's been out. So I like the Giants. JJ, in this game, and I know that Justin Jefferson, he's always capable of being a game record and winning this on his own, but the New York Giants, they are a dangerous team in the playoffs. They are very well coached by Brian Dayball, and I have them winning by a field goal. This time, they win by three, 26-23 over the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Um, this was a tough one too, man, but I'm just not really sold. I, I, I just disagree with the, uh, the losses that Minnesota has took and the way they took them. You know, it's one thing to lose, but it's one thing to have uh, pride and, and show fight and, and, and show um, some type of unwillingness. I've done that. Don't get me wrong, because they, they came back in the Colts and did some great things. They're going to show fight and determination, but the Colts to the loss, I mean, the loss to the the, uh, the, uh, the Green Bay Packers, as well as the Dallas Cowboys, is just go to show you that, you know, sometimes that's questionable. I think this is the Colts kind of was a team that they, they saw some vulnerability in and just 
and, and did some good things are coming back. But I just don't see those doing those against the Giants. Like you say, the Giants is getting healthy at the right time. Um, They're they streaking at the right time. They do some good things. I think they're veteran secondary. It's going to be a key to watch against Kirk Cousins. I'm not really scared of this war against Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, as I may be. Um, your Josh Allen's and your Patrick Mahomes, different sorts like that, that can improvise and do different things. So if the running game with the Vikings don't get it going early, uh, they do a good job of putting your your number one or number two corner with the safety over top over Justin Jefferson. Um, I feel like the Minnesota Vikings is kind of limited. So for all those reasons, I'm going to join you as well up in the New York when the Big Apple and for the G-Man to take care of business against the Vikings. Now the nightcap on Sunday. This is another rematch. The six Ravens at the three Bengals. Of course, on Sunday, the Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16. So the league didn't need a coin flip, JJ, to determine home field advantage as proposed for playoff scenarios following the cancellation of that Bengals-Bills game. So no doubt, no coin toss after that win by the Cincinnati Bengals. They took advantage with the Ravens starting their third-string quarterback, Anthony Brown. They intercepted two of his passes. Cincinnati has gone on a hot streak over the last couple of months. They've won eight consecutive games, excluding last week's no contest against the Buffalo Bills. Now, here's the main story with this matchup, JJ. It's all about Lamar Jackson and will he suit up for Baltimore. Of course, he has missed the last several games, five games and counting because of that sprained PCL. During that stretch, the Baltimore offense has faltered. They have not scored more than 17 points in a single game that Jackson has not started. Even if he is under center, JJ, you wonder if he's going to be close to 100%. And so for those reasons, not having Lamar Jackson or if he does play, he's going to have to shake off rust. And shaking off the rust in the playoffs against a hot team like Joe Burrow and the Bengals isn't an ideal scenario, especially on the road. And so I like the Bengals here, JJ, to get this win. Right now, what Joe Burrow is doing, distributing the ball down the field to T. Higgins, to Jamar Chase. You're getting Hayden Hurst a little bit more involved. Joe Mixon's running the ball with a purpose. And then defensively, they're starting to show out. Trey Hendrickson is finally fully healthy. Sam Hubbard is coming along as well. He was out with a calf injury. When those guys are coming off the edge, it puts a lot of pressure on opposing offenses. And then when you got safeties and Jesse Bates and Von Bell holding it down for the secondary, Cincinnati, they're going to go on another run. I feel it. This Bengals team is trending in the right direction. I have them winning this one 31-20 over the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the biggest thing we have to look at is this offense all goes around Lamar Jackson. There's no question about it. They have built, they've even built the core around Lamar Jackson. And the biggest thing about Lamar Jackson that makes him so significant is his wheels. And uh, with the PCL and me dealing with uh, from knee injuries, from meniscus to sprain ACL as well, that that is crucial because not only do you have to do that, you have to have the confidence to go out there and play and make those different cuts at, at, at unsuspected times. And, you know, if you have one type of wrong type of landing or one type of guy to land on you wrong, it rattles you for the home game. And we know that Lamar Jackson, his breadwinner is his legs and to be able to improvise. So for that, you're taking away one of the one of the elite playmakers um, away um, with his knees and different sorts like that. And the way the Cincinnati Bengals defense is playing great ball and know how to get after you and get you off the field on third down. I like everything Cincinnati Bengals presents and have, and they're right, they red hot right now at the right time, fully um, 
they got all their veterans back and all their starters back on offense, and it's going to be exciting to see. So give me the Bengals as well to take care of business against the Baltimore Ravens. And now the final game, J.J., of Wild Card Weekend, the one that has the most bearing on you and I, the Dallas Cowboys taking the road to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas enters the game as the five seed. Tampa is the four seed. J.J., I did some research here. The Cowboys do lead the all-time series against the Buccaneers 15-6. However, Tampa has won the last two meetings. That was 31-29 at Tampa Bay in week one of last year. And then 19-3 in Dallas in week one this season. To add to that, Tom Brady is 7-0 against the Cowboys in his career, averaging 278 pass yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 61-1 completion percentage, 95.0 quarterback rating. When facing the Dallas Cowboys, J.J., it's been 30 years since the Cowboys won a playoff road game. That was back on January 17, 1993, when Troy Aikman hit Alvin Harper at Candlestick Park for a massive moment in franchise history. And you know what, J.J., after seeing how they looked on Sunday crapping the bed in Washington, a game that they had said all along that they wanted to win. Philadelphia won, so it didn't really matter, right? But still, I don't see how you can look that bad against a B-team Washington football squad that was already eliminated from playoffs, started a rookie quarterback, Sam Howell, and they just put up a stinker, J.J. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was pretty disappointing to see that, uh, especially going into the playoffs. But I, I, I'd rather say this. I'd rather get, that, get it out now, get the kinks out now, let the players get all everything, their mistakes out now. So we walk into the postseason and we walk into this playoff. We're walking in with confidence. We're walking in with no no misunderstanding, no gray areas at all walking into this so we can go into this thing for a run. So, um, yeah, it was disappointing to see that loss. Uh, the commanders, they did a good job of coming out and taking care of opportunity, even though it was his last game. I think Dallas also knew what they had at stake for as getting healthy for the playoffs. So I'm going to give Dallas a benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But I like Dallas. Dallas here, I think they've been the most consistent team over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they've just done a lot of things over the course of the season to just gain my trust. And hey, man, it's Dallas, man. You know, I love my Cowboys. But I think the consistency here, the pass rush that it has, I think the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not as strong as they usually are around this time of the year. The inconsistency that they have on the offense and then also the ability to stop the run. And I think Dallas, I think they seen that last week. They didn't get a chance to run the ball as much as they needed to or as, as officially as they used to have. And they showed up in the L in the, in, the, in the losing column. So I like Dallas here. I think Dallas a team here. To be very, very uh, to watch, and they've been more consistent. So I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys here over the Buccaneers. And JJ, you know I have uh, battled internally over this one, and I'm gonna do this in hopes of jinxing them, like I did a couple of times this season, maybe lighting a fire under them. But just seeing how up and down this team has been, I know Tampa they have their own issues to deal with, especially on offense. They have looked like a clown circus at times of just how ineffective they've been. And Byron Leftwich has taken heat as the offensive coordinator, Todd Bowles as well. They've been a much worse football team than the Dallas Cowboys this season. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but 
The last two matchups, Tampa's played Dallas. They've had their number, and that's what scares me the most. And JJ, that's why I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And I hope that I am so wrong. And trust me when I say that, okay? But Tom Brady, I know he hasn't been playing his best football. Passing yards, touchdown totals have dipped his previous two years in Tampa. Yet, entering week 18, he still ranks second across the league in yards with 4,610 and five game-winning drives, which is tied for second in the NFL. And so Tom Brady, and that's what concerns me, JJ, is Dallas can put forth a very good performance on Monday night. They can be coasting through three quarters or maybe even three and a half quarters. But if you let Tom Brady stay close enough in crunch time, that's when you get in trouble. And he's put that on display several times this season where he has just rejuvenated the Buccaneers offense out of nowhere in the final minute of the game and wins it for them and that's what really scares me the Cowboys have had issues in the secondary JJ ever since Anthony Brown has gone down Kelvin Joseph hasn't been consistent enough Deron Bland the rookie has also had his fair share of success but they have had a hard time finding a number two corner and then Offensively, J.J. Dak Prescott, he's thrown an alarming number of interceptions since Thanksgiving, turning the ball over 11 times the last seven games. And look, I know Tampa, their defense hasn't been as strong, but it really does concern me that they can take away the run game like the last two opponents have against Dallas. You have Vita Veda, Akeem Hicks in the middle. If Tampa rolls out the scheme and says, okay, we're going to take away Dallas's run game, we're going to take away CeeDee Lamb by doubling him with Antoine Winfield over the top, and we're going to make Noah Brown and T.Y. Hilton try to beat us on the outside, and that's what worries me. And so I'm going to pick Tampa Bay here, JJ, 27-23. I hope I'm very wrong, but I just feel like with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin going up against a very unstable Dallas secondary. That does concern me. Yeah, uh, Dallas Cowboys, like I say, they have shown some inconsistency in their secondary as well. Um, you don't know what you're going to get out of uh, Trayvon Diggs. He does some lot of great things, but I think he get beats on routes that he shouldn't actually take a gamble for and do certain things. And then the pass rush has been, hasn't been there right now. You know, Michael Parsons is dealing with some different things and injuries. And you know, I think this is the first time for him actually being injured in the NFL. And it's different. You know, you have to find a way to overcome those adversities and find a way to, you know, okay, my strength was might've been my bull rush, but now I got to work some different edges and things because I'm only limited to one hand. So uh, the pass rush is going to be a key for Dallas Cowboys. If they can't get up front and get, uh, pressure in front of Tom Brady is going to be a long game, uh, especially relying on your secondary. I think Curse has a big ability. I want to see, I want to see him spark a um, spark into this defense because his leadership is definitely going to be needed with a limited secondary. Um, I like Malik Hooker, Malik, Malik Hooker, and what he does as well. But um, I, I, for the reasons I like that, I think the pass rush has enough in the tank to get after a wounded O-lineman in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's going to be a good one to watch, man. And I'm going for my Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas, make me right. Make me proud. And let's get this victory and get back 
on this winning playoffs for you. And make me wrong, please, Dallas. <laughs> make sure that you come out and actually get after Tom Brady. That's going to be key, as you just said. If they can pressure him, things will trend in the right direction. But if he is sitting in the pocket just picking apart Dallas' secondary, yeah, it's definitely not going to be a fun night for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see. I hope I am wrong. Let's go, Cowboys. You know where I'm going to be rooting for on Monday night. You as well, JJ. But that does it for Super Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be an intriguing weekend, JJ. A lot of these matchups, I think, will come down to the wire. So excited to watch it, man. And as always, a pleasure to have you on the show, breaking down these matchups and talking through X's and O's, man. I appreciate you as always. Uh, absolutely. Um, Ike, you know it's a pleasure and an honor. And fans and family base, I thank you guys for tuning in and um, and giving us your thoughts and comments as well. And I'm excited. Like I said, it's playoff ball. When the playoff, uh, playoff ball is in, in sync, it brings a different type of uh, energy to me. And um, I'm going to be looking in and, 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 and tuned in to this, this great wild card weekend. So blessings to you, Ike. I'm glad to hear you're doing well, man. And good luck this week with your picks and matchups. Same to you, man. You know, we'll be conversing through these games to see how we're doing, man. But take care, God bless, and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Absolutely. Same to you and yours, and blessings. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.